We live in the era of the fan. Now more than ever, our voices are heard, and we have a lot to say. With decades of continuity across all of our favorite fictional universes, this podcast is here to take you through what is, what isn't, what could have been, and what is simply canon fodder. So, you know, okay, everybody for my entire life has talked about my laugh, and I've never quite understood the fascination behind it until Christian just mentioned that when I was laughing before, I sounded a lot like Mark Hamill's Joker. Hearing it in the headphones now, I get the commentary. <laughs> you know, it's. I'm not going to lie. I never put two and two together. I've known you for 20 years and never put two and two together, man. It's 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 pretty close. And you know what? I'm it's okay with close. it. I, yeah, I'm you know, okay with it. I'm strangely comfortable with it. <laughs> You're there kind we go. Of, that was it. That yeah, was it. there it is. I mean, you're kind of you're kind of a psychopath anyway, so it's like okay. Mark, Mark, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill, please sponsor the show. Please notice the show. Uh, notice me, senpai. Yeah. Uh, speaking of show, which show are we on today? Uh, this is Cannon Fodder, everybody. And can- Joker's laugh can mean only one thing. Today's episode is about the DC animated universe, or the Bruce Tim universe, depending on the parlance. Yeah, and uh, we are very excited to get into this one. Yeah, yeah and I think that's a good point. Like, let, let's get the obvious out of the way. There are several different DC animated universes yes. with different continuity. Yes. We are specifically talking about the Bruce Tim universe, which includes some of our childhood favorites, such as Batman the Animated Series, the New Adventures of Superman, of course, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it is it is the only connected universe that spanned. I mean, probably a. A decade and a half. It was it was about fifteen years yeah. between between the beginning of Batman the Animated Series and the end of Justice League Unlimited. Nineteen ninety two to two thousand six. Well, yeah, I was going to say, as you yeah. can see on the document, if you had a copy <laughs> of it, Anthony, we have to present question mark, which we will get into today on the episode because. Did it end? We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Well, we, it came back in 2017, but it had s- several episodes a year, every year from 1992 to 2006. Yeah. And then it's had little stuff here and there since. Yeah. And uh, and before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of the episode, uh, a couple of points of parliamentary procedure. We are at a shared universe, as we always are, as we always are Absolutely. for Cannon Fodder, uh, the location 2.0 here at Bell Works. Uh, did we say that I'm Matt and you're Ed and that's Anthony? Yeah, we there you go. Did. We there just we did. Go. Problem solved. <laughs> Christian, Christian working the boards today uh, and also the video making us look good. Uh, Ed, what are we drinking today? Yeah. Today's drink of the podcast is Twin Lights Brewing's latest release, which is Pure Momentum, 
6.5% IPA. I'm about to have it for the first time right now. You know, I was I was wondering why you hadn't opened the beer yet. I was going to make fun <laughs> of you for it, actually. And then I realized you had, you know, smart. I usually do that, but smart. You know, this is an audio medium. You know, you, you need to bring the audience on the journey <laughs> yeah. of the beer. Let yeah, me, I, have to, I have to say, I made the crucial mistake knowing that I was only going to be on the beach for a couple hours this morning. I did not bring ice-cold beers with me to the beach. Um Big mistake. What? So, so I made that mistake yesterday, but luckily I was hanging out with the Asbury crew, so there was plenty of beers to be had. <laughs> oh, I was. They were there today too. I just, of didn't, course, yeah. I just didn't want to start pounding beers because I knew that I wasn't going to leave. <laughs> and you had an important, yeah, engagement. a very important engagement that I thought was going to be in Eatontown, but thankfully it is here at Bell Labs. Uh, in the new A Shared Universe, or new-ish, I guess you could say, A Shared Universe. Yeah, it's newer. And Bell Labs kind of inspired Star Labs, so it's a very fitting place to start this episode. You know, that's a very accurate uh, very accurate placement. I I really like that. So let's get into it. So, um, you know, obviously we're going to start today by talking in the beginning. Where did the Bruce Timm universe begin? And that is with Batman, the animated series. Um, Starting off in 1992... Uh, Batman the Animated Series, I mean, was really a revolutionary cartoon yeah. for for how mature it was. It was one of the first cartoons to be shown late at night. In fact, I believe its debut episode showed at like 8 or 8.30 at night when it first debuted. And um, it was built... Just because of its yeah. a little bit more of that, that dark, you know, kind of theme to it. Yeah, dark animation, dark adult themes, but also it was built to to play off of the Tim Burton movies. You yes. know, the, especially yeah. the first couple seasons uh, really build off of the aesthetic and the storyline of the Tim Burton. They even had Danny Elfman uniform. do the same... The, Danny the, Elfman did the yeah. same theme song yep. too. Yeah, oh, dude, that that theme song just real quick is one of the. It's an all timer. Yeah, you know, like that's oh, up, yeah. that's up there for me. We know with like Indiana Jones and the Superman original theme song. Like it's just such a great. It it's just gets brilliant. you. It just gets you fucking amped for the movie or for the show. Yeah, and it and, might as well be those those little those shows were built yeah. like movies. Like yeah. that's like yeah. that's. I'll never be convinced otherwise of that. I love Batman the Animated Series. One, <laughs> one of the other things that the animated series does that's very understated is the 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 same thing that Tim Burton did in the first two Batman movies, and that's sort of blend timelines. Yes. So you have a little bit of of like old technology and like the cars, the the dress and everything like that is very sort of 19, uh, 1920s, 1940 yeah. to, to 19... Very, yeah, very yeah. noir. Yeah, very noir. Very noir. You have yeah. Tommy guns. You have like 1940s big Fender cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have... But you also have black and white TV shows. Right. They, when they show every henchman is wearing a hat. With a yeah, they've got, yeah, yeah, they've got... Yeah, they've got the Kangol yeah, hat, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> very Mad Men like that. Also... When they show football teams, they have the old leatherhead football helmet. Right. Even yep. though it's that's be, even though we have point. computers, right? Because there are computers, <laughs> there are satellites. Yeah. yeah. You also have the leatherhead, and it, it's a really great tie back to, of course, Tim Burton. Yeah. But also, it, it it really sets it in its own thing, which is even stranger when you get to Superman because Superman 
Metropolis looks like something out of Star Trek. You know, exactly, yeah, super futuristic, yeah, flying and things. and I I absolutely love the dichotomy because you can see the darkness, the grittiness of Gotham City, and then you get a chance to see Superman the animated series, right? And you're seeing Metropolis, and it's very bright colored, you know, very uh, people are very happy. It's very modern age or modern to the '90s anyway. Yes. Um, in fact, there's we'll we'll get there when we talk about Superman, but there's a, there's a, a great scene in one of the first episodes that kind of talks about like technology and everything like that i always saw the the reasoning behind that because it, it did confuse me when i was a kid because i was like wait the, the time the almost universal timeline of it all yeah but i think that it also kind of played into its like the aesthetic so well that like other properties after it would do similar things yeah i was just gonna like, say have, have you yeah. ever watched archer like archer yes. archer does that exact archer, same thing gotham yeah like, they all play into that idea of like just basically just time all at one point yep yeah, yeah. Which is exactly so cool yep. yeah it, it really is and and i mean this series really was revolutionary i mean it just in terms of the 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 mature themes and i'm not just talking about like violence or gore or anything like that because it wasn't too overly bloody although there were some scenes that had a little bit of of blood yeah. and gore but it was just sort of the the themes themselves and the ideas and 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 concepts themselves. Just the way that you're looking at situations or problems. It wasn't as black and white as just good guy versus bad guy, right? Like there's, it's not just like the cheesy villains that come in. Like a lot of the villains that were there had very haunted pasts and had like they they had real motivation for being a villain. It was a much more thought-provoking storyline that they were telling yeah i mean mr freeze is the is the perfect example that Great was example. when that show yeah. kind of proved itself as as being a different type of batman adaptation yeah and i always i always look at uh this batman the animated series in particular as what influenced comic books at the time because around this time in the early yeah. 90s is when you were really starting to see like we, we had seen it a lot you know in um, in, in Marvel and DC and some other comics, but you know, up until that point, really, like a lot of the primary villains you were seeing in uh, comic books were like those, you know, the, they were a little bit hokey, you know, just oh, I have to destroy the world, blah 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 blah. But around this time, you know, like the Jim Lee era of Marvel comics, you know, yeah. aside, aside, you know Chris Claremont was always doing it, but the rest of Marvel, you know, was not. Yeah, um, and you you really started to see in the comic books these more complex villains coming up and like you may and like you know I, i've talked about this on different podcasts a thousand times like the villain having a complex villain is what makes the a, any kind of story you're, you're you're telling whether it's you know comic book or, or, or otherwise you know complex heroes are easy to do complex villains are not as easy to do and they're like critically important to this kind of stuff right and you you don't need the hero to be as complex if you have a better villain the better the villain the more believable the villain right the better the villain's backstory and storyline, the easier it is to write in a, a hero to to fight that villain, yeah. right? And that's why, like this show, was phenomenal because all of the villains, you know, maybe an occasional one, I, you know, Penguin was still a little bit cheesy, but Joker I mean, is just a force Joke, of nature. Jo Joker, but I mean, really great, you yes. know, very much to that darker Joker, not just the you know Caesar Romero Joker. You know, right. you've got you've got a very dark. You know, kind of Tim Burton style Joker that you're you're coming up against. You've got um, 
uh, Catwoman was was a very complex character. Poison Ivy, yeah. the the introduction of Harley Quinn into the series, and then and then you know characters like Mister Freeze, like you were pointing out, who have got these really incredibly heart wrenching stories. Yeah, that He's are a behind them as much as a villain. And then of course, Baby and, Doll. And, well, yeah. Baby Doll, yeah, and um, Clayface was my favorite. Clayface was the one I was going to bring up because Scarface any, is my favorite. Any, if you go to Batman the Animated Series and you go to the first episode. With Clayface, yes. they are legitimately horror episodes. Like yes. they are very scary. They are they they have really crazy over the top backstories. Like I mean, he's getting waterboarded with chemicals, and yes. that's how he turns into Clayface. Like it's a really like it's it's a very powerful. Which when you're a kid, you don't really realize it, but as an adult going back and watching this, you're like, man. Like that's a that's a that's bold storytelling. That's this brutal. this series yeah. is on two levels. And speaking of two levels, Kristen, let's play clip number two and explore some of those two levels. This is one of my oh. favorite quotes. Ahem. Go away. I'm busy. Oh, come on, Puddin. Don't you want to rev up your Harley? Vroom vroom. One of my favorite lines. Just one of my favorite lines. She's ever. wearing a negligee. Yeah. yeah. Kids show. Yeah. yeah. And uh, her name is Harley, and she's mean? asking if you want to rev me up. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like what? Even like as a kid watching that, I was like, "Are they gonna bang? Like, what is happening yeah. here? Like, you know, we're all old enough, you know, yeah. to understand. You know, it's it's funny. I almost feel like our generation was. Like obviously, like modern, like you know, kids today are obviously more like bombarded with like sexual content or just because of the the prevalence of the internet. Like whatever, it's fine. Yeah. But I feel like we were more attuned to it because we weren't as bombarded with it. But like when we saw it, we were like, you know, it was the Leonardo DiCaprio meme, oh, you know, pointing at the TV, like, ah, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and just wait before we get into that that into that a little bit more because I want to talk about the Joker Harley relationship and how stupid people are in relation to that. Um, you uh. mentioned on the. Uh, on the doc, on the uh, document on the, here. Yeah, like, <laughs> I love so the, paper. the so, sacred document. He said Ed, Ed wrote down in an odd bit of circular continuity the series' groundbreaking portrayal of Mister Freeze heavily influences Arnold the Arnold Schwarzenegger version seen in the last episode of the Tim Burton era films Batman and Robin. How aside aside from the 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 Nora Freeze connection. How the fuck are you getting to that conclusion? Everything, yeah, that's no, a no. great point. Thank every, you, Matt. That is a great point. Look, I mean, everything that Schumacher and Schwarzenegger did in their adaptation of that storyline was bullshit. <laughs> but that storyline directly comes from... No, the, the storyline, yes, but the character I'm talking everything about. Everything about Nora Freeze and being, uh, being saved in that tube and being frozen everything that none of that exists in the so comic what, the, books yeah, yeah. yeah. So everything yeah, it's all the the, the idea the of Nora freeze and cartoon. that in the, and that inspiration for mr freeze all of that comes directly from the comic from from the tv show in the same way that harley quinn didn't exist so what you show. mean to say is that the groundbreaking portrayal of mr freeze's backstory is heavily influenced because i do not recall mr freeze and batman the animated series making 
one-liner puns like let's kick some ice you know okay (laughs) okay so they may not have been that over the top but he definitely did make one-liner puns he definitely did i i i love arnold schwarzenegger's mr freeze i'm sorry i I, like because it's funny not because it's good yeah that 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 movie actually the dinosaurs the ice ice (laughs) oh my god i hate when people talk during the movie (laughs) it was just like ridiculous and he had that glowy thing I remember when that movie that was almost made. killed him because he had to like yeah. bite down on this like chemical filled fucking like you know like like a, like, a, like a cyanide pill like a secret agent yeah had, and he had know? this light <laughs> it was like a glow stick that he had to keep in his mouth and I just remember reading like behind the scenes and like making of like when that movie came, first came out and it was just like how much he hated it and yeah, how, it was how like, terrible don't it was. bite down on it it was, it, was, it was like in the first Mission Impossible movie where they had the gum with the red light green light was like just don't chew it. <laughs> and then that guy went on to become governor. Yeah. yeah. Shortly after that film. Um, anyway, so back to the the Harley Quinn. I really want to talk about the Harley Quinn Joker dynamic because the, the greatest contribution of this series. Totally. But oh, I, I I loved you know guys like us you know no like fans right. Remember, remember when you know when Suicide Squad came out and it was like a big thing on the internet. You know, girls were like, I want to have a love like Joker and Harley Quinn, and people like us are like. No, no. no you, you really horrible. no, yeah, you really don't want that kind of love. That's an abusive relationship <laughs> yeah. through and through. Yeah, just stepping aside the terrorism and homicidal maniac of it all. Yeah. He's also just not good to her. If they were, like, killing people and he was nice to her, maybe. But he's not nice to her. Yeah, he's no. terrible. <laughs> there yeah. are multiple times in Batman the Animated Series where he, like, leaves her to die. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's ever been, like... A moment where Harley Quinn and Joker were in the same piece of media where I've ever seen them treat each other nicely. It's no. only more than a moment. It's yeah. It's only like moments at the very end of the episode where it's like, oh, like Joker is all beat up and there's only one person that he can turn to to like lick his wounds, and that's going to be yeah. Harley. And Quinn. she always goes back and to she him. Always goes back. But I mean kind of true to real life where a lot of of people especially around this time right whereas you know back in the early 90s you know there is no internet there is no there's no tinder there's no bumble there's no dating apps right so finding a significant other that matches everything that you need is very very difficult so you keep going back to those people that accept you for who you are Right, you, despite having it be an a abusive or toxic relationship, right. they accept you because they can control you. Well, that's yeah. I mean, that's yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But she is such a great character because she is a complete uh, creation of the series. Oh there, yeah, there is no yeah. even like proto Harley. Like, there's nothing like the Joker never had a girlfriend. This is this is all coming out of that, and t- the backstory tying it into having her be, um, having her name be Quinzel. And yes. so, so it becomes yeah. Harleen, Harleen Quinzel, Harley Queen. Yeah, uh, have have all that be kind of like you know very natural, and then having her be a doctor at Arkham that is is you know seduced and manipulated it's almost, it's, by it's Joker. It's almost Nightingale syndrome, right? 100%, Which yeah. that's you know it's yeah. it, and that's what Stockholm, she a little bit of sto- reverse Stockholm, yeah, I reverse guess, Stockholm. Right? So Stockholm that, is when you're you're captured, you're but like she's, held he's captive. He's supposed to be captive, but he somehow turns her right, exactly right. So so Nightingale when she's his nurse and she yeah. you know falls in love with him because of it, and I mean and also 
I mean, very brave, very ahead of its time, the story of her and, and Poison Ivy yes. connecting, where it wasn't directly in your face that, you know, perhaps they maybe were a bi or lesbian couple, yep. but that there was definite interest there. Over they, time, it became the, clearer. Yeah, it yeah. became clearer, There was, yeah. but there was definitely a lot of the, almost like the unsaid, you know, kind of yeah. feelings that you see there, and way Way ahead of its time. And jumping ahead, uh, most recently, the Batman The Adventures Continued. It's a comic book series that's actually written by Alan Burnett and Paul Dini, two of the writers who, along with um, Bruce Timm, created both Harley Quinn and many of those series. That had, uh, in the final episode of what they call Season 1, they have Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy throw a Christmas party. (laughs) And they are in no way coy about it. There is... Them kissing under the mistletoe. It's very clear that the two of them are in a relationship. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I which, pick which, these which up. is which is good. It's, you can borrow it, but yeah, it's it's so. No, I don't want to borrow because if I borrow, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be in my house for like a year and a half. <laughs> and, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just I gonna did, buy it. I did yeah. that. I did that with uh, Avengers Utopia. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. I, I borrowed it from you, and it's spent a year at my house. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we didn't even begin with my favorite part of this entire medium the, everything in the series is mask the phantasm to yeah. this day yes. still my yes. favorite batman movie it was actually released in theater so you can say it was my i remember distinctly going to see that it came out in 1993 it is in my opinion the definitive batman movie and oh it's basically a better oh, version so of good. batman returns yeah it has that same kind of catwoman dynamic that's a good observation i agree and, with that but but it's a but it's a better love story it makes more sense and it has the Joker. It's a perfect way to have like multiple villains because, like, you can say maybe the Joker is the villain, but at the same time, you know, the Phantasm is this like anti-hero like villain too. It's really well done, and th- yeah. th- that's also a character that they cre- completely created for the series that ends up having a very large role in the DC animated universe going forward. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and it, you know, a very, very cool reveal. Again, far ahead of its time. The reveal of the villain being a female character was it was it, a it was a twist that nobody saw coming. Blew yeah. my like, mind the first time. Yeah, I saw absolutely. It. Like blew it, my mind. it blew my mind as well. And because you think it's the Joker the whole time, or you think it's going to be somebody else, and then all of a sudden it's this woman, and it's just like, whoa! You're like, oh, okay, okay. And and yeah, just just absolutely phenomenal, you know, kind of heart wrenching story. And she gets away at the end. Yes. So it leaves it open for her to return, which she eventually which does. which she eventually yes. does in another episode, which is just great. I mean, it just made the that episode so much better. And this movie really leads into that 1940s aesthetic we were talking about earlier, yeah. because there's a whole sequence during the early relationship where. They are at like a 1940s style World's Fair, and then later on in in the movie, that World's Fair is now the place of Joker's lair. Yep. And, and you know, like the World's Fair is something that pretty much went out of vogue in the 60s. So for yep. them to have a World's Fair happening during Bruce Wayne's lifetime, it also completely blows up the timeline as we would normally view it. So I actually, fun story, just a little quick little aside. I actually have a street sign from the last World's Fair that was done in New York City. That's that, awesome. That says Gotham Plaza. Nice. Wow. My my fiance's father went to the World's Fair and he and his brother stole the street sign. It says Gotham Plaza. That's awesome. <laughs> They're so from cool. Queens, right? Yeah, so, you can yeah, explore. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. in Queens. That's awesome. 
It was yeah. in Men in Black too. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But really cool, Throw and and, and uh, it ties in to the Killing Joke, right? Yes. Because in the Killing Joke, his his lair is at that giant carnival or sort of like World's Fair area, right? Yeah. Where they're riding on the roller coaster and everything like that. So. You know, kind of a cool way to tie that aspect in to the show, or at least the elements of it. And it's a great way to have that, uh, like, very comic book aesthetic for a lair, where, like, you know, like, the villain's lair is, like, made of all penguins, or, like, you know, like, it's over the top. But it makes sense because it's a already existing clown-type thing, so then it makes sense that he would just, he's just adopting that place. Yeah. yeah. He didn't have this clown and carnival place built. <laughs> it just already yep. existed, and he moved in. Yeah. So let's talk about Superman. Well, uh, the before animated before we jump on to Superman the animated series, I just wanted to to see if we could highlight a few episodes of Batman the animated series. Yes. Just kind of like let's let's favorites. just throw out yeah Ooh. some of our favorites in case the listeners out there yeah if yeah if, Grey Ghost if you if if you've never seen Batman the animated series you don't want to go back and watch all you know four seasons or whatever it is of it um, you know it's some of the some of the best standout episodes I would definitely say the Grey Ghost. I would definitely say the first episode with Clayface. Yes. That that introductory episode with Clayface is phenomenal. And then uh, just for me, from a fanboy aspect in Batman the Animated Series, um, I there's there's some some that I absolutely loved. I loved Night of the Ninja and Day of the Samurai when I was a kid. I loved those two combinations because it gives a little bit about Bruce Wayne's backstory and like how he became the martial artist that he is. Yes. Um, I I love the story where it tells um, uh, Dick Grayson's kind of backstory and it, it has a Tony Zuko yes. and it's like that story Robin's Reckoning those both episodes I think is awesome and the way they introduce Robin is that he's just there he's just he there just yeah and then, so great. And, and then they do that in media rest thing where then like later on like in the episode you see his intro but like yeah you see just, a backstory just for him. one week after like like a season of Batman all of a sudden, he's there. Yep. And not only is he there, but he's now in college. Yep. Yeah. So he's now older. Yeah. And he's and he's and he's wearing the Tim Drake outfit from the comic books. Which exactly. Is really right. Cool. Yeah. Which, he, which, which was the nineties outfit. Right. Yeah. We'll get into what this means for potential other pieces of this universe with the yeah. Robins later. Yep. But yes. Because they do a great job of just having him just be there. And then eventually they give you his backstory later. But there is no like Batman starts off and there is a Robin or there isn't a Robin. It's just they go right into it. Yeah. Thank you. Nice. Very, very classy. <laughs> uh, the other episode, because I've talked about it. I just didn't want to talk over you. <laughs> I've talked about very it in cool other interview. episodes of uh, Cannon Fodder as well as Ready, Set, Review. But one of my favorite episodes of all time uh, is where the kids are talking about, I think it's called like Legacy of the Dark Knight or something like that, Legends of the Dark Knight. Yeah. And there's, you have all the, you have three different stories of Batman yeah. and three different versions. So you have a very, like, like um, Adam West version of Batman, you've got Batman: The Dark Knight Returns, and then you've got like Batman as like an actual bat, like as yeah. Man Bat, right? So like that episode itself, I thought was just like when I was a kid, I remember watching that episode and it, like I was over the moon with with the way that it was and how funny, how good it was. Michael Ironside playing Batman yeah. from Dark Knight Returns, it was great. All the cheesiness of like the the Joker, very. Caesar Romero Joker, very different than the Mark Hamill Joker that we had had to that point, um, which I absolutely love that episode. And 
that goes to how revolutionary that show was the different episode formats there's also mm-hmm. the other anthology style episode where it's almost got them where all the villains that, are playing that, poker. that's my favorite episode oh, yeah. I, I, I think it is it is that's my any, favorite episode. yeah, yeah. It's one of them I, tell like, a story where they down. almost got the batman yep. that it ends with batman was there the whole time yeah yep. and he breaks up the game and arrests them all yep. and it's just it's such a good twist when so you I like the reveal <laughs> yeah so i threw a rock at him <laughs> and i threw another rock at him. <laughs> it was just I, so good but that's that something you wouldn't so have in a kid's show no like they're sitting around drinking and playing poker like, and even that and, it's it's an unorthodox storytelling format like yeah. it's, it would be confusing in a regular kids show it's right. not just like yeah. you know villain has a plan batman stops the plan everybody's good at the end no right. it's like it's like you're jumping around with timelines and, and and you're playing with people's expectations and there's also this like imaginary aspect to it where like what you're seeing is more the storyteller's perspective than what actually happened yeah which is great yeah, I think I think Almost Got Him is probably if I had to pick one episode that was the best episode of the entire show, that would be it. Definitely. It would be it would be Almost Got Him. And after we lay this great groundwork creating this world and the very dark 1940s style Gotham, we jump in 1996 onto Superman the animated series, which couldn't be more different in terms of the color palette and the timeline. It's one like of the those exact things. opposite. Yeah, oh, yeah. Whereas Gotham of the Batman animated series seemed like a modern day Gotham in terms of technology that looked like the 40s. Mm-hmm. The metropolis of the Superman animated series seemed to have a modern day level of technology with computers and TV, but it looked like the future. It looked like the metropolis from the 1920s movies. It had all of these elevated highways. It had all of these skyscrapers with this art deco look. It looked like it could be Krypton almost. It's so so advanced, and 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 it has all these flying machines and the LexCorp level of technology. And I think the thing that's most noticeable most has. noticeable about it for me is that in Gotham in the Batman show, it's night all the time. Yeah, and even when it's daytime, it looks like nighttime. Yeah, Metropolis, it's. The sun never sets. Like yeah, it's, always it's never daytime. nighttime. And even yeah. at nighttime, yeah. it doesn't look like fucking nighttime. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even even in some of the darker episodes, uh, like when Darkseid comes in, which we'll get there. Those are phenomenal. But like even when it gets darker, it's still very bright. Like yeah. it's still very bright colored. All the parademons yeah, all... are bright green, yeah. yep. and even the browns on them are like bright brown. They're like yeah. like very like tan, like very like bold colored. You know, but the animation style apart from the coloring is actually very consistent yeah very yes. consistent. So yeah, e- yeah, yeah and even though they don't uh connect the two until several episodes in you know it's the same world and that's the coolest part like yeah. when it, the what makes superman awesome for me at the be- at least at the beginning is the fact that that's the first time like you 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 watch the first several episodes and you're like it feels like the same thing and then when all of a sudden you get the actual true connection when batman shows up in those world's finest episodes you're yeah. like Okay. Yeah. Like I'm here yeah. for this now. Like that. Those episodes were just. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. The 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 combination of like Joker and Lex Luthor like Swapping working together. Oh, yep. The dragon, yep. the the jade dragon, which was actually made out of kryptonite. Like so, Brilliant. such a nice touch. Like really, really cool. And um, I mean, again, Superman the animated series. So now I will say. That Superman the animated series had a lot more episodes that I was that I didn't care about. Yeah, right. Like there were a lot of episodes that I cared 
very much about like like almost even more but there were a lot more episodes yeah there was a lot more filler and yeah and it was just you just didn't care well what's interesting is that superman was more serialized even though it had a lot of throwaway episodes yeah right off the top the three-part uh series premiere yep uh last son of krypton it sets up several storylines without seeming too clunky so right off the bat one of their most after harley quinn and and uh, Mr. Freeze, I would say the next most brilliant addition to canon of the comics that the DC Animated Universe brings is Brainiac being of Kryptonian origin. Yep. Yes. And having yeah. him not be responsible for the destruction of, of Krypton, but be responsible for them not being able to solve it. Yep. So mm-hmm. first off, it solves like a natural um, like problem that needed to be retconned away which is how could this really advanced civilization have only one person who saw it coming right Right. and they explain it oh brainiac was in order to save himself he was manipulating the data so so krypton couldn't uh prepare for this destruction in a world where there is no brainiac maybe some of them survive like maybe you know like maybe they're able to survive in some way but he's so he's a villain right off the bat and he, and even at the very end of the of that third episode that that creates that three part pilot, you, know, you have Brainiac, you know, come upon a ship and take over it, and then you know he's going to be a villain going forward. You have John Corbin. They they introduce Metallo, like even before they have the suit and everything, like they introduce him as a villain right off the top as like a henchman yep. working with Lex Luthor. Yep. You have Lex Luthor being you know like this guy right off the top being you know like a villain with a shady past and he's uh, he's immediately trying to sell a battle suit to terrorists like right off you know so so they establish all these storylines very quickly and it really leads to this serialized nature and then eventually we get into the dark side which is which is the like serialized storyline that then sets up Justice League. Well, so, yeah. that, so the dark side episode is one of my favorite too because even before we talk about like how it sets up Justice League I going back and rewatching Superman uh, for the New Adventures of Superman um, or whatever the fuck it was yeah. called. Yeah, no, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, that format for me is what is heavily in. I'm sorry, pulled uh, uh, drawn off of for the CW shows because yeah. oh yeah, there are so many filler episodes in the CW shows. They're all good, but so many of them tie into larger stories and the, for me the biggest tie-in was the uh for for the superman shows was having all of those episodes where so many were filled but the one constant was the what was the police chief's name i forget the dan turpin yeah, yeah. Turpin, dan right? turpin yeah. and it was like and like he's always like you know kind of skeptical of superman yep. and blah blah, blah. but yeah. then when the dark side episode hits and when turpin dies and they all like oh, rally behind man. superman like as part of that yeah like <sighs> that like then you realize like okay all of these bullshit filler episodes have just ultimate payoff and that's what the cw shows do a lot man and that that moment like where you see superman at the grave of dan turpin and dark side just leaves and like superman and and they did dark side so well yeah Yeah. like superman can't beat dark side like dark side kicks his butt and then the only reason he leaves is because high father comes in with an army like an entire army like ships and everything else and dark side's like all right i'm out of here yeah right well he just boom tubes out of there well superman can beat dark side because that which we find out later when he goes to apocalypse and absolutely kicks his fucking dick in yeah and then everybody and that like again that just that that episode as cool as that action is and as cool as it is to see superman kind of cut loose and beat the ever-loving shit out of somebody the real payoff in that episode is when 
all of the minions of Apocalypse start to bow down to Superman, but then they take Darkseid away, yeah. you know, and he's like, I forget exactly what his line is, but I'm like, here I am king. I forget what his exact line is, yeah. but it's such a powerful moment when uh, he, he's enslaving this entire planet, and Superman's like, you're free, and they're like, nah, nah, we're gonna we're gonna take care of Darkseid, you know? Yeah, like, they, uh, they pick him up, are you okay, Master? Are you yeah. okay? And he says, he says to Superman, he goes, I am many things, Kal-El. Oh, that's right. But, but here, here I, am I am God. Mm. Like, that's what he's, he, and like, yeah, and God, you realize right. it, and you realize it, like, and now that is more of like that Stockholm syndrome where you get like these people who have been oppressed, they have been abused their entire lives, but that's all that they know. Yeah. And Darkseid is a god to them. Yep. So when their god falls, they immediately go to his aid, right? And to lift him up, right? And and to pick him, but d- despite the way that he abuses them and, and neglects them and enslaves them and like despite all of that, they still go to him, right? And that that line, I think that's the last episode of the series. That is, yeah. Uh, and and it's just, I mean, whew, that that episode absolutely blew me away. And it's a great payoff because they tease Darkseid all the way through. It, you know, it's proto-MCU in this fact that, you know, Darkseid is behind a lot of the machinations going on in Metropolis. You know, they do yeah. the classic storyline from uh, 80s, early 90s Superman, which was that intergang which is causing all this yes. chaos in Metropolis, Yeah, they're getting their technology from Darkseid and yep. Apocalypse. So, like, you know, it's this, you know, like this beachfront, beachhead, rather, sorry, for Darkseid is to let's create chaos in Metropolis by just giving all these bad guys weapons and just kind of letting them run loose. You know, it, it, there's no real goal specifically that they want Intergang to succeed. He just wants Intergang to just cause chaos, keep... Superman on his toes yeah. so that Superman can't focus on the larger threat, which works. Bruno Mannheim. Yes. Bruno Mannheim, who is, he, you know, and he does all of these things and he's using the technology from from uh, Apocalypse in order to rob banks. He's like, we cleared 20 million. Yeah. And then Darkseid takes all the money away. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? All right, and, so. Oh, oh and I was just going to, I was going to move on to, let's talk about some of the, like, yeah, key I, was, I, was, I was. Well, I was going to say, yes. Up Justice League. We got to do that in yeah. Justice League. Yep. Yeah, because what's what they do is so once you get into Superman, and once we've now established a second series, this is when they go all out. So you have Speed Demons, where they introduce the Flash. Yes. You have World's Finest, of course, where they have the crossover with Batman. Yep. You have Little Girl Lost, which yep. is Supergirl. Such a, and this is the greatest um, adaptation of Supergirl that we've seen, mm. uh, because. The origin is clever without being silly. Like, it takes that 1960s and 50s um, intro, which is that she's from the city that gets flung into space when the planet gets destroyed. This doesn't make sense. Cannon but Yeah. But in, in the um, – in instead of that being Argo City that's flung into space miraculously in the comics, in the TV show, it's the sister planet Argo. Right, mm-hmm. that's that gets what it thrown is. Off right. its, yeah, it, with, which totally makes sense. It gets thrown off its orbit by the explosion, and then Anybody slowly dies. Uh, I'm good Ooh, for nice. now. I know. I know speed, you know, speed I know, it up. Not, speed it up. Not Respect be a bitch, the process. Man? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then she's also not his cousin. She goes by his cousin as her secret identity, but she's not, you know, conveniently right. his they're cousin. Right, right. They're, they're not really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kara Zor-El. 
and, and, she, course, and she has such a great story in terms of like you know wanting to be a hero but inexperienced yeah. and just and kind a whole like story doing more arc harm that continues to yeah, justice. It's great. Right. It's and great. I'm right. I'm not gonna lie, I absolutely loved her like '90s attire. Are you about like, to like the, waifu out on me? Oh, right dude, now? Like, her, yeah. her her like her her because like it was so impractical, right? right? Like she has yeah. that tight skirt that like yeah, obviously it's, it's like a pencil skirt that comes like one inch below her thigh, <laughs> yeah. like, and like you know you're not kicking anyone. In the face yeah. with that, like, and, like why does she need a belly shirt? Also, like, yes, why? correct, like, correct. And the short cape, like, it's everything about it. Like, you just, you just, oh god, it just it's it was great. And then yeah. isn't she she wears gloves too? I think like yeah, she has these like, like little tiny gloves. gloves. Yeah. yeah, it's just very nineties attire. It was exactly. Just really good. Um, Brightest Day, uh, one of my favorite episodes. Uh, the introduction of Kyle Rayner. Yep. I, I was a big Green Lantern fan when I was a kid, and getting a chance to see Kyle Rayner in this episode, I mean, it was it was the only time you had a Green Lantern cartoon. That was yeah. the it was the only thing aside from the nineteen seventies like Super Friends shows where you would occasionally Ugh. see Green Lantern do about something yes. and, and like and, yeah again and it was. <laughs> All, yeah, same thing. But you're absolutely right. I mean, it was all it was all cheesy. It was all over the top. It was 1970s, you know. So now we actually have an an actually interesting story with the Green Lantern, and I I really liked his outfit. Which not only did they carry on for John Stewart in Justice League, but they picked that up his yeah. outfit for the comic books now. Yeah. Yep. Because that's the way that he looks in yeah. the comic. Book. That's his actual outfit. Yeah. And even though we don't get. Kyle Rayner in Justice League, we get the yeah. Green Lantern core. Yeah. yeah. And and then and what's and at this point when Superman is happening, this is when you start getting into multiple shows on at the same time. Right. Because they relaunch Batman. So there's the new Batman Adventures, which is yep. we kind of already talked about because we kind of jumped around with the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. It's and just you, a continuation of the series. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we put but with a different like, animation yeah. style. Yeah. Based, and the what Superman they do is, animation style. Right. Yeah. So from like, a, they from like jump a, ahead. Yeah, so yeah. from like a timeline perspective, it's Batman the Animated Series yeah. all happens first. Yeah. Then Superman and a little bit of Batman happening at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah the new adventures the, of Batman and Robin. And then you also get like, you know, Superman is great because it also introduces, you know, like I said, Kyle Rayner, the Flash episodes, like other start that it really starts to build that universe and then yeah then they come back with so all that stuff we talked about yeah, with batman yeah. that also was inclusive of the new batman adventures all happen yeah. at the same time just now. technically yeah. when it's the new batman adventures that's when they have a time jump and, right and now it's tim drake definitively tim drake, yep as, and nightwing as the is there which it's is yeah. nightwing batgirl is a as fully joker integrated union is robert member. Yes, 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 Robin. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, yeah and, but and, and just the same way though, the same way that that um, Dick Grayson was introduced, where yeah. he just kind of appears. Yeah, Tim Drake, Tim shows Drake up. is just yeah. there in yeah. an episode, and then later on, they yeah. they yeah. actually have an episode that they do his backstory. But funny enough, his backstory is actually Jason Todd's backstory, yes. which is which is very very, and it's it's post crisis Jason Todd's right. backstory. Yeah. What were you gonna really say, Christian? Cool. No, there was because a lot of people I've noticed when they talk about this second era of the Batman the animated series, despite the whole team coming back, a lot of people don't like it, and it's I think a lot of it is from the visual style. What are your takeaways from that? Well, those me, people, I, are, I, those I people are care. idiots. First of all, <laughs> because the animation style, I, I get your point. Like, the animation style is good. a little different, but it's not that. It's not exactly, different. No. and like the, the, the character designs the most are different. Notable is the Joker, exactly. Yeah. But like even then, I didn't mind that look, and then no. they went on to change it again. Yep. Yeah. 
but well, still yeah. keeping the same look. Yeah, yeah well, I the original's agree. more abstract. And I was reading about this. So typically, when you draw, you take a white piece of paper and then you draw on it. We all know that. I know that seems obvious, but <laughs> what they did for the original Batman series it doesn't always have to be white. They drew on a, a great. <laughs> they drew on a black piece. Very of paper. privileged of you to say. They that. actually would. They actually started with black and blue pieces really? of paper. Oh. And they were drawn, which had really never been done before. Yeah, that yeah. makes it all. Oh, that but, actually. But is, then yeah. when they moved to Superman and the new Batman animated series, yeah. they the went whitest back to the white paper. And white. So that's yeah. why, if you look, it's whites. much darker on the original makes sense. Batman yeah. series. Yeah. And, then, and then I think it was for for time saving because at this point. Once you get to the late '90s, it's more of a factory than one series. It's, you know, yeah. it's less of like that indie, like doing like this random show. Now, Warner Brothers Animation, this is its height because just as a studio, Warner Brothers had just done Space Jam, and all of a sudden, right. like Warner Brothers Animation is hot, really yeah. hot. Yeah. So, and it's all, and it's great because Big it's like time. it's you know it's it's what Marvel was before what Marvel was. You know, like mm-hmm. they started with mm-hmm. it just Batman was on anim- television. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, but they had no you know they had no real super duper plans to lead into things like Justice. Right. But the success, and because they were doing it so well, they're like, okay, now, now let's add this, and now let's add this, and then now, like, okay, now full speed ahead. Let's add all of the fucking. Let's add. Let's add Shining Knight into the mix. You know, like here exactly. we go. Well, I yeah, think cause... I think a lot of it was was just sort of testing the market, getting ready for Justice yeah, League. Because I think one of the things that they found was exactly as you pointed out before, Matt, was that that episode of Superman, Batman, where where it was both of them versus Joker and, and Lex Luthor when, you know, you're kind of connecting the world's finest, yeah, you, you know, Your dick gets so hard. You're like, right. oh, my God. And, and it it must be. have been one of the most watched, most popular episodes because Easily. it was right after that, in the second season, that they started to do their cameos right. the with all the yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. all of a sudden you're you're having a fish story, you're having yep. in brightest day, you're having speed demons, you're getting all of these other characters that are having these one off episodes with Superman. Yeah. Plus, you're also getting the the first legitimate crossover between those two characters. This is before Batman individual medium. B- before yeah. Batman yeah. versus Superman, yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that right. stuff. You're legitimately seeing. A comic book accurate team up between yeah. these two, which we hadn't seen. Like we had seen Ever. them together from like Super Friends and all those cornier shows of the seventies, and even no, it didn't happen in the sixties Batman show. But like <laughs> it just it didn't happen in a proper way. Yeah, so people were always craving it. Do it and do it really, really well. Yep. was a huge deal. And they're fully realized at this point too, because this doesn't happen until the second season of Superman. So yep. you have a couple years of Batman. You have a couple years of Superman, so you've drawn this clear distinction. Yeah. And they do that classic thing where they start off not as enemies because that's something idiots do like Zack Snyder. They start off <laughs> they start they start off as different characters. Like they right. have different ends right you know uh different means so sorry yeah. sorry to batman batman ends. doesn't yeah. automatically just want to uh, you know murder a superman for no, no because, real which reason. is so out of his why did you say that name <laughs> martha <laughs> but at, and this is when we get into all the shows so i just want to start talking about some dates here because you know yeah. 96 to 2000 we got the superman animated series from 97 to 99 you have the new batman adventures and then they're releasing movies like like sub-zero and then you also have Batman Beyond from 99 to 2001, you have crossover. And then at the same time, you also have Static Shock from 2000 to 2004. So at this point in time, you're having three to four shows on. It's like a whole block of animation. Yep. And this is when we get to what I think is the pinnacle of this universe. Even though the whole thing uh, comes together in Justice League, I think the pinnacle of the animated universe is Batman Beyond, which 
oddly enough, totally it, agree. it took having somebody else besides Bruce Wayne be Batman to really help define what Batman is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it deals with Batman Beyond is great because it deals with well, first of all, the I love I love the absurdity of nineties thinking, even eighties thinking, where just a few, you know, twenty short years into the future, thirty, let's even call it thirty years, the whole world has completely Yeah, changed, like technology know, like, is through yeah, the like, roof. So, like. yeah. so so that that aside, like that aside, um just it it really the, the the biggest theme, the most prevalent theme for me in Batman Beyond is the idea of what it like means to be Batman. Yes. Yeah. And that's one thing I think that they do that's so well from the very first episode. Like from yes. and it and it just goes on and on and on. Because it's like you have a you know, like we all know why Bruce Wayne was Batman. Yes. But then, you know, you're looking at it from the eyes of a guy like Terry McGinnis and it's like, what the fuck is his incentive to really be Batman? Right. And every episode in one way or another, whether it's more prevalent or just kind of a sidebar, explores that. And that's why Batman Beyond is so fucking good. Not yeah. only that, but I mean the show starts off with Older Bruce yeah, Wayne yes. as you Batman, get thrown right into it. It's you get awesome. yeah. yeah, you're thrown, but you see, same world, you, you still voices, see him yeah. as Batman. Yeah, still Kevin Conroy, which that's something that we haven't touched on is the fact that Kevin Conroy is he has been he is Batman. Batman. He yeah. is Batman. Batman. Period. He, Point blank. Yeah, Batman. he is the best Batman put to screen. Yes, right. And I don't care if it's animated. I don't care if it's just his voice. He is by far the best Batman. He should put be to put to live action. Well, he, well, he, he, he was. They tried it with Nolan's. CW. With Nolan's. Um. Well, with well before that with Nolan's. Um. Batman. They did try that. He was in contention to be Nolan's Batman, but for you know a number of different reasons. They wanted to go he, with the younger. Exactly. Yeah. They want to go with the younger guy. Somebody a little bit more popular. You and, know, like, like you whatever. Know, I, got, I get it. I won't but maybe for that a movie Warner star. Who's yeah. Gonna, who's but because. But because power. because you know because Nolan is a fucking smart guy, he's like, yeah. hey, why wouldn't I go with this guy yeah. that Batman fans know yeah. and love? Like you know, but it just didn't work out. But it is what it is. I yeah. and I liked when they did it in the in the CW show. They yeah. had him so play Bruce Wayne. And, yeah, but like that was with, awesome. With the Kingdom Come like body armor on, yeah, yeah exoskeleton yeah. that he wears. You know, like, because his work, body is you know? so destroyed that he needs this. You know complex exoskeleton to be able to just move. That's why I hope that the DC movie universe, I this is a hope, big hope, but like I really hope they do play into the multiverse kind yeah. of ideology with making their movies moving forward. Well, you know if they if they finally make the Flash movie that's been in development <laughs> since 2016, well, we might actually now, get so yeah. It yeah. finally yeah. actually have yeah. set pictures yeah. with the guy that directed fucking it. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 it's the second the it, right? He directed no. the second it, right? I think he did Stop both of them. I think he did no, both. No, no, he, he did the second it. Yeah. yeah I, he I did. If he did the first it, I'm okay, but it's only All I'm going to say is I have to talk about it too. The first one is great. I still have not finished it. Chapter two, like that's no, how you don't bad have it. No, you don't need it is. To. Yeah, you how don't. bad it is. If you you like, I had to force myself to sit through it. And yeah, it was, that's impressive. <laughs> how, was, drunk, yeah. how drunk were you? Like, <laughs> to be fuck, honest, man. by the I end was, of it, <laughs> I was more interested in the Flash movie when it was supposed to be directed by Robert Zemeckis. That was yes. at the, that was yeah. Yeah, that was my peak interest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then after that, I was just like, oh, I'll be honest. My yeah. peak interest is when they had Lord and Miller for like yeah. a hot minute. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. finally, because by that point, by the time Lord and Miller came on, they'd already had like four writing 
director yeah. teams. And I was like, okay, Lord Mills, like these guys yes. can get it. And then within like three months, they're like, fuck you guys, we're out. We're not dealing we're with this. We're gonna go shit. do Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, good joke. <laughs> well, I'm curious to see how much Batman Beyond plays into that version, like because obviously the ultimate dream that we've talked about on the entire podcast network so many times yes. is the hope that eventually we get a Michael Keaton version of yeah. Batman Beyond, which would be full circle because yeah. the DC Animated Universe was inspired by the Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah. And to have them do their own version, a live action version of Batman Beyond would not only be full circle, but it would just be So brilliant. wait, let's let's get let's before be we so talk cool. specifically about Justice League, let's get into a little bit of fodder real quick since we mentioned it. Okay. Because I have been trying to figure out a way, because of Kevin Conroy, to connect this universe, the Bruce Tim universe, yes. to the version of Batman that we see in the CW Crisis crossover, wow. right? And I can't really no. make the connection. Like I, I would don't. like to, like I would love to, but there's so much that, like, if if you look at if you look at the Justice League episode epilogue, yeah. right, which we kind of think of as like the definitive end of this yeah, Bruce Tim universe, yes. yeah. there's a lot. That has to happen between what we've seen and what we've not seen to make Kevin Conroy's appearance in Crisis canon to this Bruce Tim universe. Yeah. So my official verdict is no, but fuck, I would love well, for it. Like I would love for it to be. That's <laughs> such. That's such a good point, and especially yeah. with the way that we're seeing cartoons connecting with live action in the Star Wars universe. Right, because Mark yeah. Disney has made it happen. Dude, like, Disney yeah. is yeah. Disney's done. Here's what I would like, say. I think you're linking it to the wrong uh, Kevin Conroy Batman. You're going to link it to the Arkham series, aren't you? Not, No, not. I'm still linking it to the, the DC animated universe, for sure. But I think you're focusing more on the main timeline that yeah. is Batman Beyond. What about that one episode? I'm, it, it's technically... Is it in the document? Are you talking Get about the, the document. Justice, <laughs> are you talking it's about the Justice Lords? The Justice Lords? Put Lord? in the document. No, no, no. I think... Isn't it? What's the fucking episode where they they do go into the future? We were talking about this before the show. The older Static Shock. I, it's oh. an episode of yeah, Justice League it's Unlimited. A, a Justice yeah. League Unlimited. It, it is yeah. the, it's the episode. Oh, Justice Time League Bandits yeah. or something yeah. like in that. Fact, I think. What if it's yeah. that Kevin Conroy? And 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 playing that. Can you play clip number four, Christian? No One of my problem. favorite uh, moments from that episode. No problem. Wait, clip number four. How clip number four. Yeah, we're jumping ahead to clip number four. We'll get back to three. I gotcha. Enid Clinton, we've got business with your husband. What? John? Hal Jordan, another time shift. I'm up to speed. Carry on. <laughs> okay, I'm starting to get a migraine. We better get... Okay. Can we just... The cameo of A, Hal Jordan, for three, being, seconds. For thir for three seconds, and B, Adam Baldwin. Yeah. Dude, Adam Baldwin. Yeah. So he actually comes back. Now, there's a, there's a movie that, you know, and I'm jumping ahead here. Superman Doomsday. Mm -hmm. So Superman Doomsday, also done by Bruce, Bruce Timm and Paul Denny. Same uh, animation same style. Same animation style. It even has the lines on Superman's face like it did in the first season of Justice League. Yes. Right? So it's, and, and Adam Baldwin comes in to play Superman. The problem that I have is that I cannot figure out a way that that connects into the main universe. 
Like, no, no, it just it, it just doesn't. It doesn't it's, have it, it doesn't have Batman. It doesn't have the rest. It's just Superman. It's, like a, it's a little fluff piece. It's, well, there's, there's it's a lot of this fodder. Fluff. What happened is that yeah, this and, animation style became so iconic that there were several of these straight to video and DVD versions. Like, there's also like Superman Brainiac attacks. There's, there's all these um, things that if you but just Brainiac look at, attacks is actually it's 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 not. It's it's different voices. Oh, it is different and, voices. And, and okay. Lex Luthor is. More, it's not Tim Daly yeah, doing Lex, uh, no, Superman. No. And Lex Luthor is more of an idiot than like of this genius. And like, so the whole idea is that like they just adopt this animation style because you know we're moving to computers, so it's easy to like reuse the same skins and uh, and styling and backgrounds. But also, it just becomes you know like an easy way to just make some money, just make all these videos and all this stuff. Well, Superman Doomsday was the first time. Yeah. It wasn't the first time that Doomsday was in the cartoon because he was actually in the Justice Lords yes. episode first. Yeah. Uh, and then he comes back in another episode after Justice Lords yeah. um, where he's in like the real universe. But they never anyway. do a definitive But Superman they never dies. do the death of Superman story yeah. and that's what that Superman Doomsday was, right? And it's, and, it, and it's great, but unfortunately it's not like technically canon. Yeah, but, and, and it was yeah. so over the top yeah. too. Like there's that scene where like Lex Luthor is staring out a window uh, Mercy Graves comes in and like goes to like talk to him and he's like and he sends a text message and he goes I just cured cancer <laughs> like you know it was just so over Tim the top never, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so stupid and like yeah but now that we're in some of the fodder and before we get on to Justice League two points and the first is Matthew I would say that the version of Kevin Conroy's Batman that we see in the CW is actually Bruce Wayne if he doesn't meet Terry McGinnis. Oh. Because okay. Terry McGinnis, oh. Fair. His, his, yeah. he saves him, right? Yep. And when Batman Beyond begins, he has yeah. a terrible relationship with Superman. Now, rightfully so, because Superman has been corrupted by Astaro. But he that's the type of relationship with Superman that would lead him to kill Superman. Because, right, he yep. killed Superman in that CW. Yep. Yeah. And a few other heroes. Yes. Yeah. So he has a terrible relationship with the Justice League uh, when Batman begin. I'm sorry, Batman Beyond begins. And so the muted, uh, like, aspect of, like, Terry McGinnis helps save Bruce Wayne in many ways. Just buffing out of scratch. And oh, what happens God. is that he would have become that dark Bruce Wayne if he hadn't had Terry McGinnis' influence. I love that idea. Here's yeah. where I'm going to go with it. All right. Now, I don't fully know how this ends because I haven't played the game all the way through because, frankly, it gets a little repetitive and boring. Mm -hmm. But Kevin Conroy also voices Batman in the Injustice series of video games. Yes. Now, my guess would be that with Injustice, you probably have like i was just trying to read but i couldn't find it in enough time my this guess is why we have the document guys yeah. do the research oh i don't see injustice <laughs> on the fucking document because it's not canon <laughs> my guess my guess would be that that at some point in the injustice game depending on which character you're playing as batman eventually kills superman and yes. we all know from just reading like i've read a lot of the injustice comics yeah. and like played the games yeah. or whatever like you know most of the heroes on Batman's side are like the street level heroes. Yes, and if you if you remember, you know a lot of what we see in Kevin Conroy's uh, 
uh, the CW Batman, his you know trophy case or whatever. It's a lot of the more powerful heroes yes, things who are on the other side. On yeah. the other side. Yeah, it, it, so it's, I would say that that's the version. I like that. of of Kevin. Con- that's the version of Batman yeah. that we see. That that's how I would tie it together. That's just, and it just really speaks to just how definitive Conroy's version of Batman is. Yeah. is that like it it, it lives in yeah, this he's world like with so many. Yeah, and he also does. The Arkham games. Yeah. He also yeah, exactly. voices Batman in he's the Arkham everywhere. games, he's, which, yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously don't tie in. You, yeah. I'd love them to. Um, the one that I did, and, and I really tried hard, and I would have loved if it really did tie in, was Public Enemies. Yeah. Public yeah. Enemies has all the same voice actors, very different animation very style. Di- but it's a different Lex Luthor and a whole different Supergirl, so it couldn't be canon. Right. Right. It's not Clancy Brown as Lex Luthor. Right. But right. it's also just like... Who that Lex Luthor right. is is canonically different. Now, yeah. is it the Kurgan though, or <laughs> is it? Is it? But it's what? Not, if, yeah. What if? What if? What if that Lex is, Luthor was the Kurgan? Or what <laughs> if that is the that is the Justice Lords universe? Never yeah. seen. Although Clancy Brown was was, yeah. was, super, was was Lex Luthor in that episode too. And before we move on to Justice League, let's just touch let's on some. Play my favorite clip from this entire universe, which establishes what Batman truly is and how he's different from Superman. Uh-huh. And we can do this by playing clip number three. Clip number three. Too bad Shreve's too freaked out to testify against that weasel. Maybe when his hearing comes back, if it ever does. Tell me something. Why were you so sure those voices weren't coming from you? Well, first, I know I'm not psychotic. I hope your other reason's more convincing. And second, the voice kept calling me Bruce. In my mind, that's not what I call myself. What do you call yourself? Oh, yeah. I suppose you would. But that's my name now. Hmm. Tell that to my subconscious. That is the single best line in any of these yeah. shows that so we're talking let's, about. But let's talk about it and, and yeah. how it's even better than, than, than it just even sounds. Because that is actually a line that Batman says to Alfred in an episode in Batman the Animated Series yes. where it's an episode with uh, the Scarecrow and he's like dreaming and he goes to like read the newspaper and he can't yeah. read it and he's like, that's not what I call myself, mm-hmm. you know? And and so it's a callback yeah. to that character. So like definitively, yeah. they are the same character. Like, yeah. and, and it's and just what's, great. And this is what takes down the Quentin Tarantino bullshit thing from Kill Bill. Great movie. They don't understand Superman in that movie. Mm, like, mm-mm. the dichotomy of Batman Superman is that Superman is the disguise. Correct. Clark Kent is Clark Kent. Correct. He pretends to be this god, yeah. this heroic figure for other people. But Bruce Wayne, deep down, is Batman. He, like, you yeah. know, that playboy who, who doesn't, uh, doesn't want to get married... That is the that's character. the disguise. Yeah, that's, that's the disguise. Yeah. You know? so he is definitively Batman, and yeah. that also plays into who are their love interests, and we see this in the comics, right? So they both have multiple love interests, but Superman marries Lois Lane because that is Clark's love interest, right? Batman marries Catwoman. He doesn't. He doesn't marry. Uh, he doesn't marry a non-costumed figure. He has to marry the costumed figure. Right. 
because he has to have someone who understands yeah, his life. And even though that's a recent development in terms of the comics of him being on Earth One married, but that goes all the way back to like the '60s with Earth Two and and Catwoman, right? And, and their Huntress, daughter, Helena, Hun- yeah, Huntress, Huntress, Helena Wayne, yeah. Right. So it's always been that Batman is who he is. Bruce Wayne is a disguise, and it really takes having somebody else take up the mantle to really show what it means to be Batman. Just in the same way that recently in the MCU. Even though Chris Evans isn't in The Falcon and Winter Soldier, it is the most definitive version of Captain America because it's all about his legacy and his impact. It really gets to um, look at what it means to be Captain America because you don't have Steve Rogers, Captain America there. And because you don't have Bruce Wayne being Batman, Batman Beyond gets to really dive into what it means to be Batman. Right. Which... So let's talk about before we move on from Batman Beyond and move on to uh, to really the the meat and potatoes of this episode. What are some of the? Uh... Yeah, we're an hour and seventeen minutes. In. Yeah, we're al- we're almost to the point yeah. of the episode, like guys. We're, we're almost there. And he's just like, this um, is, we are at the midway. Point. This is just the appetizer. I already threw my fucking notes away. Like, I know. Do I, need those, do I need the document? By the way, I threw no, it. Away. I mean, not. it was very dramatic. You can pick it up again. No, it was good. And guys, that's the only reason why you need to watch the video. Is yes, just the flourish. Being able to see the way that Matt throws the papers in there. No, it's great. Um, what are your, some of your favorite episodes of Batman Beyond? Uh, so obviously the call. Right, because the call is Which what is sets up the JLU, yes, the Justice 100%. League Unlimited. They're called the Justice League Unlimited in that which episode, I love, yes. which I absolutely love. Um, they bring back those characters in yep. the time traveling episodes as yep. well as epilogue. Right, yep. um, the I, clip I, we just played was from Shriek, who's right. a great villain. Shriek, I think, was new villain. Yeah, I thought, but also Shriek just you know, like a, a, you know, like a great episodes. Otherwise, um, Ink. Ink, yeah. I thought was a great villain as well. Yeah. And then, who's the main bad guy who like so power? So powers. the idea is yeah, powers. And, and, and this and this is great too because it's it plays into the more serialized nature of Batman Beyond, which they copy from Superman. Which is that you know you have all these like villains throughout Gotham that Batman's dealing with, but there's this every episode like the guy behind everything is this guy Wayne. Uh, so this guy Powers who has taken over Wayne Corp. So it's now like Wayne Powers. And he's both a villain for Terry McGinnis and for Bruce Wayne, which is brilliant, right? He's he's not only a corporate um, a, a corporate enemy of Bruce Wayne because as Bruce Wayne comes back into uh, basically Terry McGinnis saves as we talked about Batman. What he does is he brings back Batman the hero, but he also brings back Bruce Wayne the person. Yeah. So like what happens yeah. is that like you know Bruce Wayne becomes more forceful into taking control of his company, which helps Gotham City. Uh, Edward he's been a recluse for years. exactly, and now so not only does he save Wayne Powers, but he also starts you know like since since Powers is rotten to the core, it makes Gotham worse, and having Wayne take over his company again helps to save Gotham. So it really plays up you know the connection. For a future reference, you should uh, number these pages because if I ever throw them again, I'm not sure which one goes <laughs> in what order. Just, just to clarify. <laughs> There are like links and clips in there. It's a digital document. You're like you're like a you're, you're like our parents. Like you printed out directions. You know? <laughs> I didn't feel like bringing my laptop. No, here. it's like, totally fine. You know, yeah. yeah. 
Totally Listen, I'm trying to not give myself eye cancer by looking at the screens for too long. Oh, that's so smart. I printed that's out the smart. paper. Says the guy who's been on his phone for the whole episode. <laughs> I'm doing, oh, I'm sorry. I have to put us on the socials, you know, to fucking promote the podcast. Yeah, because. And take pictures of you idiots. We which, are socially speaking of, inept. Speaking of pictures, Christian, can you take a couple pictures of me online? <laughs> <laughs> I've got pictures of everybody else, but I refuse to take selfies of myself. I hate. I just refuse to take selfies of myself, and I want to appear on the podcast pages. So, yeah. somebody else. Very fair. Matt, Matt is excited because he spent eight hours in the sun yesterday and he's bronzed. Oh, so. I'm super <laughs> you, duper you, tan right yeah, now. No, you look good, man. It looks yeah. good. Um, Zeta. We haven't talked about. So we, we mentioned Static Shock, which is was a milestone character. Yeah. That, that they brought and, in. And, and Bruce Wayne was a part of that, too, which was really cool because the Bruce Wayne in that is in between Batman Beyond and the end right. of Batman the Animated. Robins and yeah. all this. And, You're in, in, yeah. So he's older but not old like yes. he is in Batman Beyond. And of course we see you know in that episode Future Imperfect that we just talked about, you know, we see that older George Clinton style static shock. Yeah, like, which is really just, cool. And, yeah. and and it's great seeing that it's because such, such a great episode. It really is. It's episode so George Clinton style. Yeah. That's what it is. And yeah. and, and uh, what I also think this is something we'll get into now that we're in Justice League and 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 you know, so of course so one thing is we have Zeta, which is the Zeta project. It's kind of the forgotten um, corner of this universe, which is yeah. there was a 2001, 2002, two season spinoff of Batman Beyond. They introduced this um, military robot that is an assassin that then uh, leaves uh, government control because of Batman Beyond's help and becomes like a hero in this future. So it's set in the Batman Beyond future. It's a direct spinoff. And like it ties in twice with Batman Beyond. It's a great little series. It's a little bit more kid-like, and the same way the Static Shock is. It's a little bit more like on the kid side, but it's definitely a definitive part of this universe because it ties in and out throughout the thing. But now that we're getting into you know the Justice League of it all, the diversity that they show in Justice League and this whole universe is subtle, and in a way that I think Marvel and and the new DC could do much like like could could borrow from because instead of just making a random character now be a minority, like they have this static shock, which was a character who's a minority from the very yeah. beginning. They do it correctly, they as well. Yeah, they fully they develop him. They deal yeah. with issues. Yeah. They just have him be a full part of it. Yeah, then, they're just not shoehorning in there, being like, "Oh, let's make let's make Iron Man." You know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then, yeah. like, it just plays into what the DC um, extended universe did wrong, which is you know they have this you know they have this problem with diversity and they don't solve it. Whereas from the get go they're the justice league in the animated universe is okay. So you have John Stewart, who is a definitive green lantern. We've known for 30 years in the comics, right? You know, you have two women, which is something that you need more of. Like, like even, even the Avengers only had one woman. Yeah. Right yeah. Top. So, so, you know, like, and you have, so you have yep. wonder woman, you have, uh, you have Hulk, Hulk girl, girl, you know? And so you really play into this. It, it makes sense. Yeah. To, and, and you're, and you have more characters and it, I, I just like what they have done. No, I agree that they, yeah. they do it in such a way where it's like it, it makes you it makes you realize that diversity is so much more than just the color of your skin or yeah. what's sitting in between yes. your legs. Yes. It's so much more that goes Superman into or the it. black captain. Yeah. yeah, it is the black. Like you can you can you can yeah. change the, the race. Yeah, you can change the race or sex of any character, but if you essentially keep that character the same, yeah. it means nothing. Yeah. Like it Correct. means nothing. Yeah. Like, that's why like I like I didn't like you know when Marvel did 
like the Amadeus Cho as the Hulk. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, ju- it just made, like, it didn't make any sense. He was still Amadeus Cho, but just the Hulk. And they were trying to make, no, this is the Hulk. No, it's not. It's Amadeus Cho. Yeah. Like, and they did Amadeus Cho great, but making him like a happy Hulk, like it was stupid. And the Hulk's yeah. not a mantle that you can pass on. You know, like, like, exactly. like, like, like the yeah. Captain America, the Batman, those are mantles that make a little bit more sense to yeah. pass yeah. on. Like, it's not like Hulk means something to people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and one of the coolest things that I think that they did was the I think it's probably the second episode of Justice League the the first Justice League not Justice League Unlimited which was in Blackest Night where yeah. you actually see where like John Stewart thinks that he blew up this planet yeah. and everything yeah he was so and, awesome and, yeah. but he goes back to his hometown and it yeah. gives you a little bit more of like the cultural aspect. John Stewart of it. was one of the most complex characters yeah. in this whole universe, and he was done I, so well. Could not agree with He's you at more. The heart of the whole series because yeah. you know he has the relationship with Hawkgirl that gets blown up when yep. uh, when Thanagar invades, right? Yep. So, yep. and then yeah. you know, yeah, and then of course yeah. there's this great retcon where you know he is the father of. The, the hawk that the hawk man in the future yeah, yeah. future was a warhawk or warhawk, yeah. warhawk, yeah. Yeah, warhawk. And, and so and so he's really the emotional heart of this because he's the one who deals with the most emotional fallout yep yeah. which is you know because that's you know like when Thanagar invades you know Superman Batman everybody has to deal with it but he's the one whose life is, is thrown apart yeah. because because they were actually in love but like she was married to this guy who also invaded Earth like talk about a love triangle which is yeah. one of the, which is one of the things that I love about Justice League in particular is that it, a lot of the Justice League episodes don't focus on Batman and Superman in terms of a character yeah, it's perspective. Un- it's, yeah, it's, it's the, everyone it's else. It's awesome. everyone yeah, else. It's so yeah. great. Flash because, like, Museum episode, yeah. which yeah. gives Flash a depth. It, like, and it's oh. so smart in terms of storytelling because, like, yeah. okay, we know Batman. We know Superman. Got it. Good. Tell me about everybody else. Yeah. Even those episodes, like Anthony and I have talked about this before, some of my favorite episodes of especially Just League Unlimited That's are the episodes. The anthology yeah, style. but yeah. the episodes where they have like the also ran characters like oh, being yeah. prominent. Anything like that, with the question. I was just going to say, <laughs> that whole subplot with the with question him. and his relationship and with yeah. the Justice yeah. like, He looks into the yeah, Justice Lord, like, the yeah. great uh, tie-in, and like, yeah. he's the conspiracy theorist, but he's totally right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. It's so, so oh, fucking God. good. Yeah. Even I think so. Getting back to like them talking about more mature storylines, I think in the first episode of Justice League Unlimited, you've got Green Arrow, you've got Captain Atom, you've got Supergirl, and And she's now has a different suit. She's right up. Yeah. Well, no, 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 because this is the first episode, so it's she still has the same white. Suit. Yeah. She doesn't have no, the but, blue one but yet. But even that, the, the first like six episodes of Justice League Unlimited like don't feature like you know the Holy Trinity. It's no, like everybody yeah. else. Well, but in this this first episode, right, where they're dealing with this this super villain or superhero from China. Yeah. And they fly over to China to see what's going on, and they're like, "Yo, what? Why are you here? Like, yep. leave. Like, yeah. like in t- in terms of like the complexity of the storytelling, and and like you realize that no, look, you've got jurisdictions. You you yeah. you ca- you're not a world entity. You're not a government. Yeah. And if you come in here and interfere with with the Chinese government, yeah. that is an almost declaration of war. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a very mature like storyline that you like. Well, very, I don't know why I just thought of that complex. line from like the opening scene of the Matrix. When he's like. You can take that jurist my diction crap. And <laughs> your ass. I don't know, like you said jurisdiction. I just like immediately went to that. Oh, and, and we jumped over, of course, Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker. That 
oh, very dark yeah. movie. I mean, that which very really dark. set the two tone different versions oh, yeah. that were released. And yeah. if you have the, the I mean, there's the uh, I don't even want to yeah. describe it other than you know it is, it is a great version of the Joker. Um, it that movie is horrifying. It, 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 it movie is. That movie is. <laughs> What's great is it borrows a lot from tough. Death in the Family in terms of yeah. Joker yeah, torturing does. a Robin. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's an just almost, a different Robin. But it's almost a more tragic storyline because he that Robin lives with the consequences. Yeah. You know, as opposed Bull to boy like dying. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. And then coming back to life. Yeah. yeah. He lives with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And and it and it really plays into the the idea of Batman not being perfect and him making mistakes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the and, fact and that it, it, sometimes the fact that he doesn't kill is a big problem. And yeah. And and that plays into how he ends up being the recluse Bruce Wayne. You know, yeah. like you know, like they do a really good job of like, okay, how does this Batman, especially after you see in Justice League him being a part of everything. Yeah. How does this how does this such connected character become a recluse? And it's like, well, this would be one of the events. So let's 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 quickly talk about the quote unquote final episode of the series before we get into a little bit of the fodder because I want to talk about the fodder so yeah. when I say final episode of epilogue. this universe is the episode called epilogue rightfully so it is an episode of Batman Beyond with the title card of Justice League exactly it is entirely in the future yep it's entirely about me. But and it, and it interestingly happens at the end of the first season. It's like kind of out of yeah. place in terms of continuity. It's not, it's not the last second. thing we've seen right. of this world, but it's the last thing we've seen from in a terms continuity of the perspective. Yeah. yeah, it's the last thing. It's kind of like when you watch that show Dollhouse, like yeah. their episodes, right? It's you know, the so, furthest in the future. Exactly. I like this finale, but to be honest with you, there's only one thing about it that irks me. Oh, tell me what I want to hear. It, this. It's it's the it's the whole making Terry McGinnis Batman's kid. Like I, oh, I, I loved I like that. I, ah. I didn't find. I thought that was just the so. Cadmus like, cloning. So, like here's the oh, thing, though. Batman. That would have been an amazing reveal over the course of many, many episodes. Yeah, but they didn't have Instead many of, episodes. But, they had to do it in one episode. It. Like they had never, ever hinted at that. And for them to just drop the bomb on us in the last episode, yeah. and just kind of force clues into the rest of the show. That we never saw. So, Christian, I completely agree with you. As much yeah. as I love this episode, as much as I love the idea of Terry McGinnis being it's a great some, idea, right? Yeah. But, but like, I completely agree reveal, with you. Yep, you build that reveal over the course it. of Batman Beyond. From a storytelling perspective, it's about as ham-fisted as the whole of oh, Snoke. Yeah, he's my. I'm the Emperor, yeah. and Snoke is my fucking clone. Yeah, yeah he's hey, my clone. what's yeah. up? <laughs> I've been here the whole time, motherfucker. I like. I completely agree. Somehow, with you. Batman of, came back. Because yeah. think about this. Remember the clues that we saw when they were like, "Oh yeah, uh, they we found a piece of Batman's blood." Yeah. If if I had watched an episode of Justice League and then all of a sudden. I saw just some rando pick a napkin of Bruce Wayne's blood off the street and they just don't acknowledge it for a couple of seasons of a show. I'd be like, excuse me. I completely agree with you. As much as I love this, as much as I love this episode, the way they did it was just like, Oh God damn it. Like fuck. Like you, you could tell it was an afterthought, Yeah, but it still works. But again, from a storytelling perspective, you're just like, well, that aspect, that aspect is manifested, but the Amanda yeah. Waller Batman relationship is well done because that's, that's what makes the episode yeah. better. Is the fact that yeah. Amanda, Amanda Waller, Waller yeah. telling him that that's what makes it Gotham work. always needs a Batman. This, and of course, right. that plays because, into my favorite piece of fodder, real quick, which is Batman Beyond for our video people. Yeah. Uh, Hush Beyond. If you haven't read this graphic novel, 
it is not only a sequel to Hush, but it's more importantly a second part to Epilogue. Right. It, it yeah. fleshes out the idea of Project Batman Beyond in uh, that was first introduced in Epilogue, but it also really I... talks about like the idea of you know this uh, this Cadmus project being that like. Gotham always needs a Batman. Yeah, but th- yeah. but that's why. So your point about Amanda Waller is the only reason why the episode works for me because if yeah. they had just done the reveal of Terry McGinnis being Batman's quote unquote son, you know, the cloning technology, whatever. Yeah. If they had just done that by way of Terry McGinnis, like you know, stumbling onto this mystery, it would have been fucking terrible. But the fact that they had the foresight to use an sort of you know quote unquote all knowing character, government yeah. shadowy CIA yeah. type figure yeah. like Amanda Waller, like that's the only thing that makes it work because she's the kind of person that you're like oh of course she would know that like yeah. she's fucking Amanda Watt that's yeah. why it works but I agree with you it like oh just oh. but everything yeah. about it is so well done because it also has the connections so you have um Let's go back part, to Mask of the Phantasm. Right, yeah, yep, right. One of Amanda backs, Wallace's accomplices yeah. was the Phantasm yep. and then also he, they're trying to recreate the exact moment that Terry's parents die are the same moment that um, Bruce Wayne's parents died. Yeah, kind yeah. of So he's same. also going yeah. to see the Grey Ghost. So fun. He's right. going to see a Grey Ghost movie. Right. And and so they, they really do a good job. And then it also gives a great um, ending to Terry McGinnis's character because Terry McGinnis ends up the episode and like so had this great note where um, he where he when he's yelling at Bruce Wayne, Terry says, this is why Selena left, you know. Mm-hmm. Then at the end of the episode, Kent called, which means that you know, he's Kent. going to he's yeah. going to Kent. be with yep. and of course, see, he calls him Kent because yep. that is who he is. Right? Mm-hmm. That's another callback to the clip we played earlier. So all right, so he, Terry is going to be with the Justice League again. We see that about to happen. So More importantly, though. he's going to propose to Dana, his longtime girlfriend, mm-hmm. which is something Bruce Wayne would never do. So right. it's it's a different Batman and and, and it was and, something he talked about in Batman Beyond, yes. like in the show. Because that yeah. he was conflicted about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was but, like, I don't want to put you... But and at this point, it's cool because she also knows about it at this point. Exactly. The Which, way that they told the story in that episode, too, just absolutely brilliant filmmaking. Um, I, I loved the scene where Amanda Waller and Terry McGinnis are almost having two... Con- they're talking to each other, yes. having two separate converta- conversations simultaneously, yep. where she's talking about the China, and she's like, oh, it was part of a full set, and I can't get it back, and he's talking about like the legacy of Batman. I love and, scenes dude, like that. Dude, that yeah. scene where it was so... It was... It was like so incongruent but congruent at the same time yeah. and it was just it was masterfully done that yeah and then the 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 scene where they go back in time and they tell the story of ace like yeah. it is oh. heart-wrenching it is moving it is powerful it is it, it is a callback it is that. a callback yeah, to the royal flush gang and to ace yeah. in the in it some of the early on episodes yeah. i mean it was absolutely just brilliant storytelling and it's something you could only have when you have a series that has, like, at this point, around 15 years of history. You know, because, you know, even though Amanda Waller was a later addition to the DCAU, she's still a character who had been around for, like, six or seven years at this point. Yep. Terry McGinnis had been around for, for five or six years at this point. So, like, there's this she's whole... She's comic book created, right? She yes. Is, she's yes. a comic book created. Yes. But, but I would say that they did a better job with her in the DCAU than most... because Agreed. 100%. Because, like, just this version of her, like being 
at the end of her life being less of a villain. Like, like, like yep. what's interesting is that like she's she always been humanity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and and it also plays into the fact that like, even though he is the darkest character, Batman somehow brings out the light in others. Yeah, which and is like, like he he he's somehow. Even though he's so dark, he influences her in a good way. And the and the Amanda Waller change is so cool because it's like most of the time you see characters like that, they are they they start you know bright eyed and the the age is yeah. what makes them more cynical. Amanda Waller is the exact opposite. She starts off cynical and the age is what makes her like happier yeah. and brighter. It's just a cool little change. And it happens over forty years, so it's not faked it's not yeah forced. exactly you know it's like it's 40 years yeah and, and so, it is cool to see an older terry mcginnis yeah, you know he's yeah, exactly. older it's, more he's mature just aged enough and they, yeah. they bulk him up a bit and yeah. all that so so wrapping up what we call the canon now you know the series as we know it you know the every week coming out with a different episode sometimes having a couple different tv shows at the same time ends with justice league unlimited so in 2006 justice league unlimited uh finishes and uh, by that point, we had had, you know, several TV movies that were canon, included, including Mystery of the Batwoman and stuff like that. And then, so we do not return to that universe. As far as I'm calling the canon, and maybe we'll get into it in this last discussion, until um, we have Batman and Harley Quinn in 2017, which is, uh, which is like, you know, like Batman it plays up more of the Harley Quinn uh, yep. Poison Ivy relationship. Yep. And then, of course, Justice League versus the Fatal Five, which is 2019, which is a great Legions of Superheroes crossover. Yep. And that is also, you know, that is definitively in the DCAU. But then I think we discussed the canon kind of as we go. You know, Doomsday and Brainiac Attacks are not it. The one thing I want to mention is Teen Titans. Yes. This is what I want to talk about. Teen Titans is the one piece of fodder that you can kind of talk about because Teen Titans was produced by Bruce Tim. It never explicitly crossed over. It contains a Dick Grayson Robin. Right. Uh, false. Yeah, it, it does. No. No. He it's, in in it, episodes of Teen Titans, we see his origin story, and we see that he was a member of the Flying Graysons. So there's also it's in the, it's do in not get confused with Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. I okay, think that's maybe what Teen Titans Go is is the same animation style, but like. A little bit more like anime. Okay, right. so maybe that's and, what I'm and, thinking. Because Teen there Titans was... and Teen Titans Go actually cross over and fight each other. <laughs> yeah, they do. And then, they, yeah, no, that's right. They yeah, do. Fucking stand Teen Titans Go, but the movie is fucking hilarious. And well, I was gonna say they're about the... to do a, a, a Space Jam crossover too, yeah. guys. This is this is they had like a Bizarro universe of Teen Titans, and in like it's a real quick kind of scene, but under Robin it says Jason. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but the the original yeah. the original Teen Titans yeah. though. Yeah, the original Teen Titans. Like a lot of people forget about the original Teen Titans show because Teen Titans Go was so much successful. wildly popular. Yeah. And, and yeah wildly popular. And, and it's so close too. Yeah, so it's close. So close, but yeah. yeah, and Teen Titans was on at the same time. And right. then like there's all these like so like there's all these like quotes and stuff. Like so for instance, you know, this could be when Dick Grayson is in between Robin and Nightwing. Right. But, could um, be, yeah. You know, because okay. there are these quotes in the first episode of Teen Titans where it says, uh, Robin says, just moved here, and from now on, I work alone. And uh, and then he also says later on in the episode, I just went solo. I'm not really looking to join a team. Uh, there's an episode of Static Shock that airs at the same time where um, Static Shock asks where Robin is, and 
Batman says, with the Titans. And we never definitively see the Titans in Justice League or Justice League Unlimited. Which is strange, because like if they just would have had them... And apparently there was a, a crossover planned out, but it never happened. Right. Kid Flash, who is seen in Teen Titans, is voiced by Michael Rosenbaum, mm-hmm. who, of course, voiced the Wally West. Yes. But he has a completely different... Um, like, um, like intros. The Wally West from from uh, Young Justice, you mean, or no, 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 uh, no. So, so Michael Rosenbaum voiced Wally West in Justice League, right? And he, and there oh, that's Kid right, because it was it was Wally in, West in Justice League. Right, 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 right. Kid Flash, Kid Flash, Flash as well. Right. Also, yeah. I, I, so I always forget that's Wally West in, yeah. in, uh, in Justice League. Yeah, 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 not Barry yeah. Allen. Yeah. But yeah. I think most importantly is that because he was the Bruce Flash Tim time. said that this show wasn't canon. That's all you need to know. That yeah. Teen Titans wasn't canon. Yeah. So yeah. Bruce, it's, yeah, no, no. I, Bruce yeah. Tim says it isn't. It isn't. But and, and when you when you close. really, it's close. When you really look at it, it's obviously not. I I find some of the other ones, um, specifically like Doomsday and Doom, to be harder yeah. to verify yeah. as not canon because like there's so many similarities in terms yeah. of just the voice actors and like some of the things they hint at. But like yeah. at the end of the day, you're like. No, like they're, like yeah, Superman never dies fit. in Justice yeah. League, so Doomsday can't be a thing. Right. It's just almost like the way I look at it is I look at it as um, like when you watch the Dragon Ball Z movies, mm. like the original Dragon Ball Z movies, you know, it's all the same characters, same shit, same powers. It's all the same. But when you peel back a lot of the onion on those – oh, God, I just used that fucking – Yeah, you did. You did it. The so corporate speak. disgusting. <laughs> I'm so mad at myself. So circling back to when you, Dragon yeah, Ball right? yeah. when you, when you Let's unbox this a little yeah. bit. Let's unpack when you, this. When you yeah. peel back the onion. When you, when you look at a lot of these movies that are like adjacent to the core story of the Bruce Timm universe, it's very much like Dragon Ball Z where you see a lot of those movies and you're like, oh, these are awesome. Like, you know, Goku and Go Super Saiyan. This and another. Thing. Like, but then the day you're like, okay, there's no fucking possible way that Brawly can exist in this universe. Right. You know, it yeah. just doesn't at this make time, sense. At you know, this like, time frame, Tree, of, tree yeah. of Might, same thing. Yeah, like, does at, at the power levels that they're at, right. the people that are alive versus yeah. dead. There are a couple that can exist. fit, and we'll yeah. like we'll do a Dragon Ball Z episode without Ed because Ed doesn't like Dragon Ball Z because he's an idiot. Um, Anthony and I will do an episode of Dragon Absolutely. Ball Z and tell you what's canon and what's not. But you know, that's a whole that's a forthcoming episode. Yeah. So then wrapping up a little bit, I do want to touch on one aspect of the universe, which is. We've talked about how Harley Quinn and Nora Freeze and Terry McGinnis have all been introduced in the DC Animated Universe, yeah. and now they've become canon to DC. Also, Renee Montoya yes. and Livewire. Yes. Livewire was even brought into the yeah. CW. She's become a yep. huge villain yes. in the Superman. Yep. She's great. So it. It, yeah. it, it really plays into how this, has had, this series has had an outsized impact. Yeah, and yeah. Livewire was an episode of Superman, the animated series yeah. that we didn't talk about. I mean, just a right, great yeah. episode, Wait, really, isn't, really. Isn't cool. Renee Montoya also in the um, Supergirl? Isn't she? Yes, she's been in Supergirl. She's she was even in uh, the Nolan verse. Like she's, right, she's yeah. becoming. I remember huge, her in the Nolan verse. Yeah, yeah. Renee yeah. Montoya was the one that um, uh, her that Supergirl sister was dating. Exactly. Right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. she was an LGBT yeah. right. character. But yeah, it's, it's really great. And then, and then we're this universe is still going on. There are two recent developments. Uh, there's a lot of continuation comics. There's Batman: The Adventure Continues season one, which I actually just picked up yesterday because it just came out this past week. Season two has also begun, but the trade paperback for season one came out this past week, and it's a it's a brilliant pickup if you want to have it. They have the title cards. I'm showing our uh, video viewers right now. All of the issues have a title card, just like the uh, the episodes anim- did the animated series, which is did. so brilliant. Oh, yeah, awesome. which it so really brilliant. gave it more of that yeah. 1940s 100%. serial style feel. Although to Batgirl it, which has is a smartphone well in this comic, 
which plays with the whole. Oh, they've updated the, a little. The, the rest of the aesthetic sad. is very good. Yeah. And then what's great is this first season of the Avengers continue. So it takes place obviously pre Batman Beyond. It's you know it's it, it's right around the Justice League time period because the first issue actually has a, a like an extensive Superman Lex Luthor cameo. Yeah. Okay. Right here. Yeah. But what's great about this is that. It starts adapting all of these more recent Batman storylines right. into the here. So you have uh, you have the uh, the Azrael Batman in here. You have the Red Hood. So they really bring in a lot of these like more recent. That's Batman awesome. More up to date storylines. Exactly. Lines. And then yeah. it, what, what what I love is that like it, it actually begins. The opening panel is. I have to pick this up at the stash. Is Bray, is, is Bane saying I will break you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're thinking, <laughs> oh, they're going to set up Nightfall. And within three panels, Batman uh, takes care of Bane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it sets up, you know, like all your expectations. Because yep. you, you already know from like the, the preview art that this is going to have Azrael and it's going to have, you know, right. J- Jason Todd. So you think you're going to see. Th- so that's great, too. You see the DCAU version of Jason Todd. Yep. There's also, in the same vein, also going to be from Burnett and Deanie, two of the producers, uh, along with Tim, of the DC Animated Universe. There's going to be a Justice League continuation comic. Yeah. So we'll see that. Which would be cool. And then the thing I think we're all most uh, excited for, and and Fat Man Beyond just talked about it, so we're hoping that like it is um, canon. Kevin Smith sponsor us. Yes. Please. Is that there's us. going to be a Matt Reeves, Bruce Tim produced HBO Max Batman series animated. Animated. And Very. I don't excited. know if it'll tie yeah. into the. So so Bruce. I can't imagine that it would not tie into the Matt Reeves universe. I, I would imagine that's the. If Matt Reeves is producing it, why would that not be? I, yeah, of yeah. course. Why wouldn't it be go? his well, universe? Then right. He's producing two Batman shows because he's doing Gotham PD. Yeah. Which I mean, we right? Already got, Which we already I mean, got. We could see a cool interpretation. I, 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 that, of that. that is one of the because most unnecessary there was, there shows. There was a Chris that... Nolan animated universe because there was Gotham Knights. Yep. Which Bruce right. Tim was a part of. Yes, but it Gotham was Knights. Canon to Gotham Knights was like was yeah. like Matrix. Was like the yeah. Animatrix. Yeah. It was yeah. really I, cool. I, I, I think eventually we'll yeah. have a yeah. Matrix episode and a and a and a and a Nolan episode, right? But like that. So that was a Bruce Tim produced series that was wholly in the Nolan universe. Yep. When I first read about this, I just assumed that this was going to be a Bruce Tim produced series in the Reeves verse. Right. But maybe it will be a continuation of our beloved Batman. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. We'll I'm see. very excited for it. And I'll Yeah, no, I'm not going to talk about Gotham PD because it's a whole no, other No, that's like, a whole other ball of wax. It's a whole other. No, but I it's certainly one of the longest running uh connected universes moving from like you said 1992 going all the way through 2006 and then hopefully beyond that so even te- to yeah. today. Technically it's 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then of course in the document I say question mark because question mark. I mean because we had had you know like 7 years off. Yeah. And, and then we got a new show in the universe. Yeah. And because Bruce Tim has this long standing relationship with Warner Brothers. It wouldn't be crazy to just have another animated movie. Because totally, he's like yeah. producing animated movies all the time that aren't in this continuity. It wouldn't be crazy for him to just do another one. All I, mean, I know is if they ever bring back Darkseid, they better bring back Michael Ironside to voice right. him. Michael Ironside as as Darkseid was great. He should have been the voice in the Snyderverse. Yeah, I uh, 100% no, agree no, with you. No, no, he shouldn't yes, have because yes. Darkseid was stupid and pointless in, in fucking... No, I, yeah, I don't want to waste Michael better. Ironside's talent <laughs> on that fucking garbage-ass garbage. movie. No, you're right. He's, Listen to he's Cannon Fodder's good. review of... or uh, it's either a Cannon Fodder race review. One of the... It was, I think it was Rice of Review Cannon on Potter. the Review Podcast Network where we talk about uh, we live watch very drunkenly the Snyder Spoiler Cut. Spoiler alert. 
Spoiler alert. Sucks. Fucking sucks. It's four hours of garbage. Right. Well, I think we've uh, unpacked. Yeah. And oh, fuck you. Okay. The, uh, so <laughs> unpacked. We can circle back. No, but we've done a great job. Can, with we, the can we go to alternate ending and drink some more beer and eat some pizza? Like I'm fucking hungry. Let's Absolutely. Uh, but let us know. I mean, what are your favorite episodes of the of the of this universe of the DC? Uh, animated extended universe, I guess you could call it. It's, so online, A-E-U. it goes by DCAU, A-U. as opposed to the DCEU. Okay. Yeah, so you know, what are your DC- thoughts? Teen yeah. Titans. Teen yeah, Titans. Do you think yeah. there's anything else that we missed in here that would be canon? Any other of the shows? Uh, are you questioning know? the document? Yeah. Are you questioning <laughs> the document? Do you want to see the document? I've got a message no. from Warner Brothers. Do not be afraid to adapt the source material because oh, yeah. I also feel <laughs> I do feel that there is because as much as we don't want to admit it there is a stigma attached to animation that is yes, that it is course. for children and, it's for yep. kids. And, yeah, but, and it means that by adapting source material for children you're going to make a movie for children yep. that is so far from the truth <laughs> That I think if, not, if you MCU, haven't seen, if you haven't just seen Invincible, it, yeah, 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 Invincible is, or yeah. anything on Adult Swim, like, yeah, please, any of it. Yeah. You, you've got a beautiful library of great animated shows. Please play with the amazing continuity you created. Like it, it <laughs> will make so many people happy. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. And speaking of the document, one day when we're super popular and making money from this, we're going to release all of the documents in a coffee table book. That's re- that's correct. <laughs> well, you know what? That's going to be our coffee I'm table I'm book. Actually, so on, so we have kindoffatherpodcast.com. I'm actually working on designing the website, and we will have all the documents available. Just, nice. Just you. Uh, nice. So, so there you go. Paul, for, you, for you hardcore stay, fan, stay the Stay tuned for the holy book that we all really want to read. Oh, man. Well, hey, thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks, uh, Christian, again, for making us look good and sound good. Gotcha. Everybody else at a shared universe. I'm Matt. I'm Anthony. I'm Ed. And, and this, this is Cannon Fodder. Fodder.